Um, so I felt like we had no idea what we were supposed to be doing. Um, they wanted us to assign them homework, but, like, we don't really have a way to kind of have them do it if they don't have a teacher. So I felt like we didn't get any training, um, and it just feels kind of wrong to go in and try and teach kids. If you're a Penn student, you've probably heard about ABCS, or Academically Based Community Service Courses, which gives students and faculty the chance to engage in service learning with the West Philadelphia community. But who are these courses really for? On this episode of Quite Frankly, we'll explore the ways students interact with West Philadelphia schools, focusing on ABCS classes, as well as some other ways students work to serve this community. Hey, it's Jacob. And I'm Anika. And welcome back to Quite Frankly. So why are we talking about ABCS courses? <laughs> okay, so I'm in a class right now um, called Urban Environments, led in West Philadelphia. It's an ABCS class. Um, and the idea is that you learn about lead poisoning and the way that lead interacts with the body, and then you go into West Philly schools and you talk about those sorts of things with uh, middle school students and teach them about how to keep themselves safe from lead. How have you liked the class so far? It's a really interesting class, um, but I would say my group in particular has had some issues. Yeah? What kind of issues? I'll let Molly Walzer, one of my classmates, explain. We showed up for the first class, and the kids told us specifically that they'd had this lesson last year. And I brought that up to the Netter Center people that were literally in the room with us, and I felt like their reaction was so inappropriate. Like, I, I, I honestly wanted to cry when they said, it's okay. Like... They're not really a bunch that would retain the information anyway. It's like, I'm sure they'll get something out of having it again. Wow, I'm surprised that happened. I guess I'm trying to understand if that's normal circumstance or just a fluke incident that happened. Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, and that's sort of what prompted me to want to learn more about the ABCS program in general. So before we delve more specifically into the lead class, I think we should start at the beginning, when Netter Center was founded. The Netter Center really evolved from um, the work that Dr. Harkavy was doing um, with the, at the time, it was just the Center for Community Partnerships, mm -hmm. uh, the work that Dr. Harkavy as a historian, as an activist, was doing with West Philadelphia, um, really trying to figure out ways to engage the university um, uh, to fulfill the academic mission of the university, but also to focus on real-world problem-solving and um, to really um, challenge the notion that um, uh, or to rather further fulfill um, Ben Franklin's promise of knowledge for the sake of social change, mm -hmm. I mean, and social improvement. That's Bianca Del Rio, the director of university-assisted community schools for the Netter Center, talking about its history. As she explained, Penn in the mid-80s and early 90s had a pretty strange relationship with the Philadelphia community, prompting Dr. Ira Harkavy, one of its founding members, to develop classes that tried to help students bridge that gap. Here's what Dr. John Puckett, who worked with Dr. Harkavy to develop the Center for Community Partnerships, had to say about that era. At the same time I met Ira, I, I lived uh, uh, with a view of West Philadelphia High School. I lived at 47th and Pine Street. My wife and I were there. And uh, I ambled over to the high school and noticed that there were, um, every floor had a broken window. And 
Penn at that time had a $1.3 billion development drive going. I said, wait a minute, there's, there's something wrong with this picture. So basically, these professors, noticing the disparity between Penn's wealth and the poverty of the surrounding community, worked to form the Com Center for Community Partnerships? Yeah, in 1992. Um, and they worked with community partners from within the university and West Philadelphia itself. Uh, and then in 2007, following a major donation, uh, the center was renamed the Netter Center for Community Partnerships. Of course. And so this year is the 25th anniversary of the Netter Center. And after so many years, what does the center look like now? So the center's pretty big. Their annual operating budget is around $5 million, and they do all sorts of programming. But ABCS is one of their largest programs, and that's really what we're going to focus on. When the Center for Community Partnerships was formed, there were about four ABCS courses offered. Last academic year, there were 70, and that's across eight different schools and 31 departments. Hmm, the program has really expanded. How do they develop all of these classes? Here's Ms. Del Rio again. You know, to be quite honest, I think that Penn students play a large role because like about probably a third to a half of our ABCS courses were actually ideas of Penn undergraduates mm -hmm. who, um, you know, were interested in pursuing, um, you know, a certain content, taking it to the next level. So um, it definitely is a very collaborative process. This all sounds great, but let's get back to your lead class. What's really the problem? It sounds like a pretty good idea. Totally. And I think it's a good idea in theory, but in practice, it seems to me like the class as a whole is more geared towards demonstrating inequalities to Penn students than it is to really equipping us with the tools to navigate and change these situations. Here's what Molly had to say. I have been incredibly frustrated um, in the system because I feel like the Nutter Center is a little bit too concerned with our well-being as like students in the class who go to Penn who are doing this probably to fulfill a sector or a major requirement and really haven't kind of listened to our complaints. So certainly some of the issues that my particular teaching group has faced, students who've already had this material before, a lot of different substitute teachers coming in and out, shifting schedules, those are unique to us. But the broader question, who are these classes really for, remains. That's what I wanted to answer. So my name is Daniel, Daniel Marin, and my title, official title at Comages is the site director for the University Assisted Community School at Benjamin B. Comages Elementary School, which is a K-8 school. I caught up with Daniel because I wanted to learn about the perception of Penn from where I was working. Though Daniel is an employee of the Netter Center himself, he works at this school every day, and so he's uniquely able to see things from both Penn and the school's point of view. One of the questions that we're really setting out to answer mm -hmm. in this piece, and you mentioned the idea of mutually beneficial partnerships, is sort of who these like ABCS courses are really designed for. Is it about like the Penn students who are going in and getting this teaching experience and, and experiencing the West Philadelphia community, or is it for the students in schools like Comages who are getting you know, lessons that are different from their day-to-day. -day. Mm -hmm. um, how would you say, was it one on more side or the other? Like, what, what are your thoughts on that? Mm, that's a good question. There's a couple things that come to mind. First, I think that the primary benefit is obviously for the Penn students. I mean, that's, that's, that's the part of it. Because, you know, ultimately, um, you, know, not, you know, I didn't go to Penn, but I understand this, you know. Um, we, want, we want to, you know, make really, have very informative experiences for, for students, you know, who are developing. And... You know, and for me personally, I think of it this way is that Penn students, you know, not, not everybody necessarily, but a lot, you know, just being at Penn, regardless 
whether you're poor or rich, just being at Penn, right? You, you, now you, you're with a certain privilege. So that's come out to these schools that probably, for most Penn students, look very, very distinct from their educational experience. And these just have exposure to that, right? Uh, just to see, um, you know, just to be able to just go into a classroom. You're obviously going to be able to run your ABCS course, hopefully you get some good information across to the students, which is important. We'll get to the student piece of the mm-hmm. college, you know, next. And then you're taking that, but also seeing some of the challenges that persist around this building. And, and being able just to have a bigger open perception about inequality itself, inequality in public schools in Philadelphia. Um, ho- hopefully, my hope is that Penn students take that and say, man, okay, what could Penn be doing more necessarily? Or I'll, I'll remember this as I go through and I graduate, and you know, if I am successful, you know, hopefully that makes me, you know, informs me about how I just interact with the world as as as, as a citizen. What's your perception of the reaction to Penn students coming to into the classrooms, both by the students here and also the administration and teachers here? Hmm, it's a good question. My perception is that. Um, for the, if we talk about the administrators, you know, the principal obviously is aware of what's going on and, and who's coming into the uh, to the building. And I think that for both the principal and the teachers, you know, um, they're open to this because they like the idea that kids, the students do are getting exposure. But I think it's also an invitation to have a larger conversation to say, all right, we let these ABCS courses come through. Now, what else can we do? What else can you guys really do for us? Because we have these concerns. You know, we have, you know, I can get to the amounts of students who are reading below grade level. Even Ms. Del Rio acknowledged that given that these programs are run and often funded by Penn, Penn students take precedence. Well, I think that the goal of the Netter Center is to make sure that the engagement is mutually beneficial and democratic in nature. However, we know that there are challenges to to meeting that expectation on every interaction. Um, And I think that at the end of the day, we are the University of Pennsylvania and we definitely, um, the Netter Center resides in the higher education space. So our goal is always gonna be teaching, learning, service, teaching, learning, service. That's kind of like the circle um, of the of of our flow, um, so to speak. <laughs> um, but I do think that there are there's always a uh, there's always a little bit of attention. I asked Daniel about his perception of Penn students' ability to teach younger students. The students who come in, you know, they're often underclassmen or even if they're seniors in college, they don't have the same kind of teaching background or credential that you know, real teachers do here. Do you find that that's sometimes hard when students get into the classroom and really don't know how to handle, you know, the students that they're trying to teach these lessons to? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. I think that is a immense difficulty and challenge. Um, you know, because of, you know, um, the reality of this school and that you walk into a room and in theory, kids should respect the person talking and get quiet, right? You know, uh, but that's not, right? And they don't even respect, you know, the teacher's authority sometimes in this building. So that, that's a real, that's a real, it's a real concern. Molly, my classmate, echoed these concerns. What was the preparation like in the class to go into hmm. these schools? There was no preparation. We were kind of given, a, I guess, Word documents for each 
lesson plan they told us to like read through them and maybe get together like a week before the week before um except we went a week earlier than was planned so no one had a chance to meet up and thankfully we kind of had like a 45 minute meeting before going into the school where we looked over the document that was sent to us and that was all we had to prepare as did zach ferrado another student in the lead class so the class definitely prepared us for the material um they definitely told us everything we need in order to teach them um, the material. Um, we're very well qualified as far as, well, we're qualified enough to teach middle schoolers about um, lead poisoning in West Philadelphia. Um, we didn't obviously get really training, we didn't get training on how to teach. Um, I mean, there's a reason that teachers, you know, go to school for several years in order to become qualified. It's not an easy job. You can't just walk into a classroom and teach kids, um, as some people might, might think. But, like, it's, we're definitely not qualified to teach. Jacob, did you feel qualified to teach these students? <laughs> I'm not really sure. I do have a decent amount of experience working in middle schools back from a project I was involved with in high school. So I would say I probably felt more comfortable running the class than someone who's never done that before. But I still found it pretty jarring that we had very few conversations about how we were really supposed to get this material across to the students. Like, they gave us these worksheets. We had one short workshop about basic classroom management skills, and then we were on our own. So the lack of preparation sort of seems to follow that trend of focus on Penn students over the students who are in the classrooms. Right. Um, and the other thing is that any student of any age is allowed to take this class. And because of a FOSA requirement, you probably have a lot of people taking it who aren't even necessarily interested in teaching. To be honest, I mostly took this class because of the requirement. Right, I think anyone can just sign up for these courses. Exactly. Um, and so I get that you want to expose as many people as possible to these kinds of programming, but one change I do think Netter could implement would be to better prepare these students to teach in schools. Here's what Daniel recommended. Time is so limited, you know, with the ABCS courses, so it's not like we can do a crash course training on like behavior management mm -hmm. but I think it, that's the direction we want to go it doesn't have to be like five hours but if it's just even like a quick 45 minutes to an hour just like these are some commands call you know call and responses you can do with students and just like basic things that all ABCS students courses you know would integrate into the plan you know that would go that would help it. Zach touched on the fact that Perhaps the Penn student teachers were seen less as actual classroom instructors and more as mentors. How do you think the students have responded to you guys coming into class? Right. So, I mean, I think that comes down to our effectiveness, right? Like, I think as a teacher, we're never going to be as effective as a teacher is at teaching. But I think the value comes with us being, like, relatable mentors, um, like, relatable, like, role models. Um, and I think that's, that's where effectiveness comes in, as far as being inspiring as kids who are not the most older than them, but maybe have had some success in our lives, and we can kind of, like, they can hopefully look up to us as people who are interested in studying a topic. Um, I know sometimes there's kind of, a, like, a stigma against trying or working hard in some of these schools. Um, so to see kids that are not that much older than them interested about science, like interested in, like, in topics that you can like really spend a long time studying, I think that's where maybe the effectiveness comes in. The mentorship aspect definitely seems really valuable. Right. Um, but something that stood out to me is that we were going into all of these schools, which are often 95-99% African American, and most of the teaching groups were all white, or at least predominantly white. What, like, roughly would you say is the demographic makeup of that school? Um, well, my class anyway, I think it's like 95% African American, one Indian, maybe two Hispanic. 
And so. what about and what is the demographic makeup of your group of like student teachers? We're all white. So that was interesting. I I wanted to tell you a problem when you came in. Um, it didn't end up being a problem, but I knew that when we, we stood in front of them with four white people who go to this Ivy League school, and there's this class of African American, um, probably less privileged than maybe our mean salary, um, and I just felt so disconnected. Like I thought that we'd have this huge relatable connection because like our ages are pretty close, and I realized how ridiculous we looked. Um, and I think we got over that by talking to them and helping them realize that we're just we're kids. Um, and just really listening to what they had to say. And I think that was why it was so important to let them talk um, and then to tell them about where we're from. It helped that I'm from Delaware, so like I'm, they've been to Delaware, it's pretty close. It helped that one of the girls in our group is from West Philly and she went to some of these public schools. That was the biggest the biggest help. She was so helpful because they were like, oh, you're from Philadelphia, and then they thought that was super cool. Um, so with the international kids in the group, they were just like, "What? we're not, what is, who are you? <laughs> I asked Molly the same question. What's the racial makeup of your teaching group? Um, all of the students are African-American, and then all of the kids who are coming in to teach are white or Asian. And what do you think that communicates? I think it's a little bit of a weird dynamic to have these students coming in who are, like, your example, and they're the students that are teaching you, and there's no one who necessarily looks like you. I, I always have thought that's kind of, like, a weird dynamic to put someone in, especially because it's so such a stark contrast, I guess. Uh, was there ever any discussion in class about that? No, not really. We didn't address that at all. So it was actually kind of shocking to me because, honestly, I think that should have definitely been addressed when we showed up. Like, I don't know. I hadn't been into any Philadelphia public schools before this, but um, I think, yeah, that's, it's kind of problematic for sure. I think the way it's currently set up, it's definitely for us, um, given that we only really are going in five to six times. The first one, no group, not just our problematic group, did anything because we didn't have time to prepare. And then when we've complained, they've just really apologized that it's been such a burden on us, um, when in reality, like, taking an hour outside of our day and, like, not really teaching kids isn't really changing our lives, but having an hour wasted in your, like, school time is like kind of a lot worse. Um, so I'm not really sure. To me, the program seems to definitely be looking to benefit us. So something else I found a little troubling about my class was that we were pulling students out of their regular class time instruction to teach them this material about lead. And as Daniel alluded to earlier, these are often schools that are already not performing very well on some testing metrics. So to be pulling them out of class to learn about lead, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely seems like something that needs to be evaluated again. Yeah, so when I talked to Ms. Del Rio, um, the one who's in charge of partnerships for the Netter Center, she mentioned that though most ABCS classes do take place during the school day, the center really tries to work with the schools to coordinate their schedules so that students aren't missing any crucial class time. Well, I think that not all courses are like that. So most of our courses are um, are part are happening in um, are being created in conjunction with teacher partners so there's planning that's happening earlier in the year where teacher partners are saying identifying the best time for uh, ABCS service to happen and the goal is that the curricular um, uh, alignment with the school day is happening in advance I'm sure they try to align the curriculum but how much time do they really take to consider the value of student-led classes versus basic requirements like math or science? 
Yeah, I don't know. Um, and as I said, everyone from Netter that I spoke to certainly told me they worked really hard to do so. But in my personal experience in the lead class, I didn't necessarily see that, at least in my teaching group. I guess at the same time, going back to that role model type relationship, it can still be extremely valuable. Um, but potentially, mostly when people are helping with those core classes or during after school hours. And I actually spoke with Allison Sparrow, who worked with the Community School Student Partnership, or CSSP. And it's a program also run through the Netter Center, but in that program, students go in and help teachers for regular classes for a minimum of three hours a week. That's probably my favorite part of it, um, is being able to see the students so happy and greet you when you go in every day. Um, that's really wonderful work because a lot of times, students in West Philadelphia schools um, don't have great relationships at home. Um, many of them live in single parent households or with grandparents. Um, so they kind of lack that older figure. Um, some of their older siblings, you know, get messed up in some funny business. So having a college student that they're looking up to and is an example of what they can do once they get older, um, I think is really meaningful for both the Penn student and the young student as well. She spoke about one time when she was able to form a deep relationship with her students. Last year, I worked with two students who really struggled in their reading. Um, and because of that, they had a lot of disciplinary issues in the classroom because they couldn't follow what the teacher was doing at all. Um, so I would work in the back with them like two hours every morning. Um, and I just got to know them really well to the point where if they did start to act out or something, I'd be like, hey, what's that about? And they would check themselves. I also caught up with Carrie Landon, the co-director of City Step, a student group that works to teach dance to students after school, acting as an older role model for them. She also said she felt like she had been able to make a huge positive impact on students through her work. Um, my freshman year, I had a student. Um, in the dinosaur classroom <laughs> and um he the entire year had been like incredibly shy and just like very on and off like some days he was like i'm not doing this today or in some days he was just like would not be able to like get up and perform if we were like performing in front of um each other um he like didn't really like interact that much with other students um and, but he would come to, like, every off-campus rehearsal when we, like, bring our students onto, um, onto campus to rehearse. And he came to the end of the year show, and he was literally, like, f we would be in, like, a V formation, and he'd be, like, front row and center, like, spotlight on him. <laughs> it was insane to see the growth, and actually, like, his grandmother came up to my <laughs> co-teachers and myself after the show and was just, like... I have just, like, never seen my grandson like that. Like, he's always, like, really struggled, like, um, in, like, interacting with, like, other students and um, putting himself out there. And it's just, like, been the most incredible thing to see him, like, so excited about this show. And, yeah, it was just, like, one of the most rewarding, like, moments of my entire life. What do you think contributes to good partnerships between you and West Philadelphia schools? Um, so I think the thing that we really try to emphasize in our relationship is that, like, we are not the priority and that we are like willing to like adapt and shape towards like the school. So obviously the school has like a million different functions <laughs> and like a million different things going on. So it's like city stuff is not going to be their number one priority. So we always try to be like, Oh, like we'll come to you. Like, do you want us like to like, we 
actually had this like old initiative where we had a city step open house on Penn's campus mm. where like we invite parents to come and learn about city step like learn about who we were um and then we realized that that's not really best serving a lot of our students because some like Penn's like kind of far for them that kind of stuff so then we started being like reaching out to schools being like can we go to your back to school nights and like that's awesome like hand out information there so it's always really been about like how can we make it easiest for them after all of this jacob are you glad you're taking the lead class um that's complicated uh i'm I'm for sure glad that i'm fulfilling the requirement (laughs) because i definitely need to do that to graduate um and i think that the intentions behind the service component of this class are really good I also see the value in exposing yourself to what some of these situations can be like in West Philly schools. I think that it's crucial for all Penn students to at least visit or volunteer at these schools at some point in their lives, or at least schools like this that are like inner city public schools, because so many kids here went to private schools and have no clue what it is like to go to a less funded school. Um, Legislators who make education legislation need to visit these classrooms. Like, Bessie DeVos doesn't have a clue what it's like to step inside this classroom and, like, see what's going on. Like, I don't think anyone would would walk away from a school like this and not agree to fund them more. Um, I mean, the argument that the teachers aren't performing high enough is totally blown out of the water if if you see what's going on here. The teachers are fantastic. The kids have so much potential. um, And... It's, it's the funding, it's the, it's the resources, you know? It's, it's the whole atmosphere that's kind of been created in these maybe less privileged areas. Um, so that's a huge benefit to Penn students, I think, to get that experience of understanding what's going on. Perhaps a more important question is whether Netter is willing to engage in this discussion. It can be easy to criticize Netter, but clearly their intentions are in the right place. Totally. And every single person I spoke to from the Netter Center was really interested in hearing our feedback, um, and they definitely seem committed to continuing to improve the program. I feel like um, my position is unique and I'm always learning more. I feel like um, it's really good to hear about Penn student experiences, and so I want to encourage Penn students to share about their service. What was it like? You know, that's something that we're really getting deep, more deep. <laughs> we're, mm-hmm. we're going deep with ABCS evaluation, just trying to get a sense of how the service impacts students, you know, the decisions that they're making. You know, are they able to go into, um, are they going into the careers that they thought they would go into? Or are they changing their minds about things? Are they engaging in, um, are, are they trying to find more ways to engage in these school spaces? I think that ABCS it probably, we haven't fully quantified what it really means, but I think at the end of the day, we're advancing the mission of the university because there's no, there's absolutely no reason why we are producing all of these very, very well-educated individuals that are not then able to make change in in their places and spaces. So I guess to get back to that question you asked me earlier, yes, I am glad that I'm taking this class. I think there's a lot of value in learning about the communities around me um, and in trying to make a difference. I still think that there are some problems with this program, the lack of preparation regarding teaching, pulling students out of their core classes, um, and more broadly the general focus on Penn students as opposed to those students in the community. But I think that the response shouldn't be, well, this program isn't perfect, so therefore let's stop doing it altogether. Totally, and these types of programs can be make or break by the details, so... People need to take the time to question what's working and what's not and make sure when we go into these spaces, we're doing a lot of listening and not just talking. The best partnerships happen when um, it's just not me, but when it's like people who are also directors at the Netter Center are here at the school 
and are here listening to the teacher's needs um, and understanding of what they want to accomplish. This episode was produced by Joyce Farmer and hosted, reported, and edited by Aniki Ranganini and me, Jacob Gardenforts. Our music was composed by Andrew Ellis and, quite frankly, is presented by The Daily Pennsylvanian. If you have an idea for a story or just want to shoot us some general feedback, you can email us at podcast at the See you in two weeks. <laughs>